You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Your discretion is advised. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. Yeah. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. Oh, once she grabs, she won't let go. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. Yeah. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. None of that soft stuff. Rock, rock. None of that heavy metal stuff. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. Just a little bit of jazz. Rock, rock, rock and Everybody sings. Trump says he won't leave. Love of the dictatorship to swallow sugar fat salt. Eating with potato chips. Native split on it. But fun on the need to insult. Use the office for his brother. No one has the will to stop it. Constantly the flattery. Defending the debauchery. Hating on the press corps. Says reporters should be jailed. Don't know what the question for. I'm not the country deal. Me on next. Team by team reporters. Love them. Trump doesn't drop. We gotta make it stop. Say no deeds. Says it when he lies. Lying on the lie. We don't think the team to correct him when he speaks his mind. Hypocrisy. Yeah. 
It's the parody project. <laughs> and one going back a couple of years because nobody has yet, or nobody to my knowledge, has yet done a Hurricane uh, <laughs> song parody. So I went looking and it's like I would have just played REM's It's the End of the World as we know it if I could have done that without getting copyright violated, but I couldn't. So Parody Project, to the rescue, they did that one back, I don't know, in 2020 or so. Um, so a little bit, uh, there's something wrong with my Listen app. Oh, you know what the problem is, Kareen? Uh, who is asking me about that? Um, uh, Kate. Hi, Kate. No, you know, everything is kind of foobar, and I thought it would be back to normal by now. But the problem is... <laughs> um, that the uh, uh, this piece of equipment that I used to stream live to Progressive Voices has been in the shop for the last few weeks. It came back on Friday, but nobody's gotten back to me yet about getting it hooked up again. So believe me, I'm on it, hopefully by tomorrow. And once that's hooked up, then the other streams should be working just fine too. Um, sorry for the uh, inconvenience, but we are nearing an end to this chapter. Anyway, um, hopefully you can still listen on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch, on Facebook. Progressive Voices, we're still taped delayed until 7 p.m. Eastern. Again, hopefully that will change uh, tomorrow as well. I'm just, you know, there's just so much I can do here on my own. Um, so I'm waiting. All right, so here we are. What a weird weekend, huh? Now, we knew that this hurricane was coming that was going to hit at least glance Southern California. And, um, you know, I, I come to it with a very unique perspective. Well, not, not so unique anymore because having lived in Los Angeles in Southern California for 15 years, I experienced a few earthquakes, including the biggie, the Northridge quake in 1993. Now, when that happened, um, trying to remember the order. Was that 93? And then uh, Hurricane Andrew was 92. So I lived through both a major Category 5 hurricane. I happened to be here in Florida, although I was living in L.A. at the time, um, it, it, visiting my father, who was an invalid. And so, um, you know, I had planned, I was coming home a lot of weekends. He had had a horrible accident that left him quadriplegic. So I was flying back from Los Angeles to South Florida for weekends whenever I could. So it was 94. Thank you, Ed, the second. So, but which, what, what was 94, Hurricane Andrew or the Northridge quake? I'm trying to, to get my bearings and remember which was first. Either one. I remember having been through both of them. So I think Northridge Quake was 93 and maybe Andrew was 94, whatever it was. Um, I was I was saying, okay, now, I, I you know, all that's left to get me are the locusts. But now <laughs> California got it all in one fell swoop, all in one day. So they knew North. Okay, thank you. So Northridge was a 94. So Hurricane Andrew must have been before that. 
like in 92. So again, I was here for that. And then Northridge was, was first. Wait, that's impossible. Hold on. Now, now you guys got me crazy. So Hurricane Andrew, I think Andrew was 92 or something. Hurricane Andrew was 92. See? So but for both of those events, I was I was working at KLOS in Los Angeles, and I produced the Mark and Brian show, and we were the number one morning show in town. So in 92, I was flying back and forth, and I was here in Florida. Um, when I got to town, we saw there was a storm brewing out there, and it looked like, okay, well, it's headed our way. Well, here's the thing. My father had just gotten out of the hospital where he spent the better part of a year after um a, a guy that no north no northridge was was 94 so so somebody a guy in his office who he was firing pushed him he went over <clears throat> he went over this partition separating the outer office from the back office and hit his head on a desk spinal cord injury your life changes like that um tamar's asking what was the earthquake in 89 that i think was selmar and I was there for that one, too. That was a much smaller one. Northridge was the biggie in 94. Okay, so anyway, back to this. So, um, uh, you know, I, when I got here, I guess it was like Friday, and we saw there was a storm brewing, and uh, it hit like Sunday night, Monday morning, if I remember correctly. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit, uh, yeah, August 92. Thank you, Pam and San Bernardino. Um, so, so... We, you know, I I flew home. I'll I'll never forget. I sat there. Now my sister, who also lived down here, um, had just recently moved into a townhouse, and instead of being with me at my father's house, the invalid. Now he had just gotten home from the hospital. Was a quadriplegic. We didn't have a van yet. He, I couldn't move him. He was stuck there. No, no, no getting around it. And so, um. Uh, the nurse, we had, you know, round-the-clock nursing care for him. Well, the nurse said, I have to go home and be with my family. It was a damn good thing I happened to be down here visiting him because it was just him and me. So thankfully, the way his house was set up, his bedroom was sort of like in the middle of the house. So it was very well protected. And we had hurricane shutters. So all night long... You know, the shutters are down, so I couldn't look out the window, not that I would have gone near a window, because this was a massive storm bearing down on us. And it sounded like, the the only way I could liken it was, I felt like I was in the middle of a Twilight Zone episode, where things, demons, were flying around from all directions, because I was hearing shit hitting the house from every side. I mean, from everywhere. So that was a Sunday night. Monday morning comes. Obviously, I'm not back in L.A. And when they went on the air, Mark and Brian called me. And they are you okay? I'm like, uh, we're still standing. So the storm blew all night long, right? And it rained hard and it was blowing hard and shit was flying everywhere. And I just sat there in the living room. The power had gone out. But my dad, who was a massive, not so much a sports fan, but a sports gambler and he had a battery operated television you know because when on sundays again this was before 
the interweb was as it is now, really before the Internet. Um, he would have two TVs set up, you know, the two TVs from the house and a, um, you know, the portable one and a radio. Uh, so anyway, I had his little portable. It's like a Walkman TV. And I'm watching it and I'm watching the the NBC affiliate down here. And it was a guy named Brian. Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. Someone's going to tell me. Brian Norcross. Brian Norcross was the guy on this on the NBC station here in South Florida who got me and so many thousands of other people through the night that night. So um, we were where where my father's house was. It was right on the Dade Broward County line. So, you know, Dade County is Miami. It's now called Miami Dade County. Um, Broward is Fort Lauderdale. It's where I, where I live now, too. Um, and so we're watching the, you know, all the maps, the, the projections. And Andrew is coming straight towards uh, that, straight down that county line road. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I can't move my father. And so, and the storm is headed right for us. I guess this is where I die. Um, and then at the last minute, so it's heading, veering straight at us. And then it took a hard turn left and it went south. People may remember it hit Homestead really, really hard. It turned left, veered south right before it gave us a direct hit. So when Mark and Brian called me the next morning, I, I'm like, um, they said, how are you? I said, I'm okay. I'm still here. My dad's in the other room. He's sleeping. We made it through the night. I haven't been outside yet. So back then I had a, um, I had a cordless phone. Remember the cordless phones? It wasn't a cell phone. I don't think I had a cell phone yet, but I had a cordless phone. So I was able to walk out the front door and we lived on a cul-de-sac. He lived on a cul-de-sac and the, there was a big tree you know, on an island in the middle of the cul-de-sac. The houses were in the circle around it. And most of that tree was down. All the branches were down. It was a mess. It looked it looked like a bomb went off. But thankfully, we survived. And it's like, all right, I've been through a Category 5 hurricane. What else is going to get me? And then, of course, um, <laughs> in 94, when, uh, when hurricane, uh, I'm sorry, when the earthquake, when the Northridge quake hit, it also, it happened to be on, um, it was on, on um, uh, 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 Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which had just become a, a national holiday. But, you know, I worked, KLOS, I worked for, was owned by ABC Disney at the time. It was not a company holiday for us yet, but it was the beginning of January. I think it was January 17th. And I hadn't had a day off since before the holidays. You see, the holidays were like the busiest time of the year for me then because um, I produced this. We did this massive day before Thanksgiving Day parade by the Los Angeles Coliseum in the sports arena. Serious, exactly what it sounds like, sort of a wacky major parade. Then we had uh, Mark's birthday show. I put on these major shows for both of them on their birthdays. Then the Christmas show, which was like a production like you've never seen before, from 6 to 10 a.m. at the Palladium in Hollywood with 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 a mind-blowing roster of artists who would come out and perform for us between 6 and 10 a.m., go live on the radio. Anyway, so, and and then once the Christmas show was over, 
Mark and Brian went on vacation, but I had to produce and host two weeks of best of programs. So by the time the middle of January came around, I was exhausted. And, you know, it, and it's so unlike me, as you can tell, probably if you listen to the show for any amount of time, I've got a crazy work ethic. I, I don't take days off unless I really have to. I'm trying to get better about that. But um, back then, I certainly didn't. And something just like snapped in me. And I've told this story before. So sorry if you've heard it before. But it was the Friday before that Northridge quake hit. And knowing that Monday was a holiday, but not a company holiday for us, I, I walked into my boss's office and I said, I haven't had a day off since before Thanksgiving. Monday's a holiday. I'm taking Monday off. And Carrie said, good, you should sleep in, have a good day. Just take the, enjoy. I'm like, okay. So I did. I didn't go anywhere. But at 4.30 in the morning when that earthquake hit, I was usually in the shower because we went on the earth six. I'd get in a little after five, you know. So at 4.30, that was my routine. I was in the shower. Well, this morning, that morning, the Martin Luther King Day in 94, I was in bed. The alarm did not go off. I slept. But then the boom hit me. And when an earthquake hits, it's like, think about like a truck ramming into the side of your house, or in this case, apartment, because it feels like you get slammed. Then all of a sudden it goes, it sort of rocks and it rolls. And some some earthquakes are more rolling. Others are more, you know, rocking, but it's rock and roll. I mean, it's what it is. And I, I jumped out of bed. I went under the door jam, which is what you're told to do. Power was out. I so, sort of felt my way. And I still lived in an apartment yet, so it was before I got a dog. So thankfully, I didn't have a dog to deal with at that point. And I um, um, made my way outside and downstairs because, look, I worked in radio. When you work in radio and there's an, a, a disaster, you jump into action and you get to work. Well, I go downstairs to get in my car powers out my garage door wouldn't open because it was a power garage door and I there was no manual um thing to open it so I'm just standing there sort of in shock thinking well they're going to send somebody for me because obviously it just hit here because when you're when something like that happens your your mind isn't working the way it should and obviously nobody came for me but I'm standing there trying to figure out what to do. And a neighbor across the street who I did not know, but he knew who I was, he offered, he said, do you need a ride into the radio station? And I said, yeah, that would be great. And thankfully, he took surface streets instead of getting on the 10, because the 10 freeway, I, I lived, I was at Santa Monica Beach at the time. I was. If you watch that video that I posted, I posted a video uh, a couple of times it's on YouTube uh, of a day in the life that I, I recorded from my dad. Um, and it showed, you know, it showed where I lived. It showed work. It showed a sort of behind the scenes stuff at the, at the radio station. Anyway, I was in that apartment just a block off of Pacific Coast Highway in Santa Monica Canyon. And, um, you know, from there, we'd go take the 10 the 10 freeway uh, to La Cienega Boulevard, get off, take a right. And the station was just about a mile down on the right. But we took surface streets. And that's a good thing because the 10 freeway collapsed at the La Cienega Boulevard exit. And um, didn't know that till much later. 
But anyway, so I got into the into the station, worked all day, did what you do in emergency mode. Somebody then drove me home later on. And, uh, you know, then it, the, the I don't know if the power was back on yet or it was just there was light coming in from the window. And when I walked in the bathroom, I realized I came this close to death because and again, I'm sorry, you guys, I've told this story before. But this it, 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 I guess it's a, like a PTSD thing because this has stayed with me all these 30 years or so. My this this apartment was a very cool apartment and the bathtub had it was like a bathtub with a glass door on it. And inside there was a cutout in the wall where there was a bench and whoever lived there before I did put a mirror in the bathroom. Wasn't that a song by the English beat mirror in the bathroom, whatever it was in the bathtub and it wasn't attached to the wall. It was just sort of leaning against the wall on that bench. Now, if I had been so, so that, that, that full length mirror shattered into a million pieces. And if I had been in the shower at 4.30 that morning, when the earthquake hit, I wouldn't be here today. At the very least, I, I'd be, you know, I'd be dead. But at, at the best case scenario would be that I'd have gotten cut horribly. <laughs> it would have been, um, yeah, it wouldn't have been a good thing. So whatever made me go into my boss's office on Friday afternoon and say, I'm taking Monday off. Um, saved my life. And I can't help, look, I'm not a religious person. I don't believe in a God up there. I don't, but I can't help but think, I lost my mom when I was 19. Think that mom was looking out for me that day. That's all I know. Anyway, so this is my experience. I've lived through an earthquake and I've lived through a hurricane. I could say I've lived through earthquakes and hurricanes. And I thought I was part of this elite group <laughs> now it turns out not at all because I'm I've not experienced thing, experienced them at the same time at the same time oh my god <laughs> see Tamara see I didn't think that way at the time when I was what I was 27 30 uh she says I won't have a glass shower door plastic and cloth cannot cut you and kill you hello you know, I wasn't thinking that way back then. So anyway, here I am all these years later, and all, that's all I could think about yesterday. Every time I saw a story about the hurricane and the earthquake is like, together, that's enough to make any sane person a little bit crazy. So uh, to my friends out in L.A., I've been watching them posting on on Facebook mostly and declaring their themselves safe. But I'm seeing that the images, you know, David was sort of scoffing at the, you know, the hurricane they were hit with. Well, by the time it hit L.A., what they got, it, it went to the east of L.A. So it, um, Hillary. Now, how, come on. <laughs> right? Come on, man. Come on, man. Hillary, Hurricane Hillary. So she came across like on land in Baja, California, which is, you know, it's it's Mexico. It's below California. Um, it's where Cabo San Lucas is and all that. So it came there and it cut across. So it 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 really hit the Palm Springs, Palm Desert area head on as pretty much. Um, and and Los Angeles and Southern California got glanced by the stuff on the left of it. 
Now, here in on, on in Florida, on the east coast of Florida, when we get a, a hurricane coming, it's coming from the east, right? And the winds, because the way it whips around, the winds on the east side, on that front side, wait a minute, on the back side, I'm all confused now. The winds on the back side are stronger. You don't want to be on the ugly side of the hurricane. But because this came up the west coast of the United States, I don't know which side is the ugly side. I have no idea. All I know is they didn't get a whole lot of wind in Southern California, but they got a lot of rain. And again, not a lot of rain by Florida standards because we're used to it. And I guess we're, we have places where the rain can run off. And most importantly, we don't have mountains. We don't have big um, uh, hills here. The only hills around where I live is down, um, I think it's Royal Palm Boulevard. There's a massive, what looks like a mountain. It's a trash mountain. It's a landfill. <laughs> Those are the only kind of hills we have here in Florida. Garbage. You know, and there's a lot more of it every day. Anyway, in California, where they've been under drought conditions for years, and this time of year, it does not rain there. It maybe rains in February, January, February, March. In August, it does not rain. How does the song go? It never rains in California. You know, that. Um, Well, they got like... almost a year's worth of rain in some places in one day. It may only be three inches, but that's a lot for them. It's not a lot for us. It's a lot for them. And um, uh, just some of the, the images I saw, the floods and everything. Oh, it's terrifying. So I hope my friends out there are okay. If you want to call in and share your experience, I know how traumatizing it can all be because I've been there. Yeah, Ed says no wind, two and a half inches of rain. Um, and again, in some of the, this, these places are desert, not only desert under dry conditions. I mean, this is fire season. Hopefully this wiped out some fire embers. Maybe there's some uh, silver lining there or something, but the, um, Oh, Caroline says this morning Bass, that would be Karen Bass, the mayor reported that we did not get the damage we expected, but it was enough so that we can be better prepared next time. She is awesome so far. Karen Bass is awesome. That's number one. Number two, hopefully there won't be a next time, but we now live in the era of climate change. And, um, oh, the massive floods were in Baja. Okay. I saw massive floods that were purported to be in Los Angeles. Now, I don't know. There are some hills in Northern California, in Northern Florida. Not really, John. (laughs) Not, I mean, maybe, you know, Hills on a golf course or something. There are no mountains here in Florida. We don't have, you know, landslides like they do in California. So today, when the water saturates the hillsides, mud, there are mudslides. So, uh, yes, I understand today is sunny and clear. No one died. That's a good thing. But it's still a traumatic experience. Um, Diane says, now the storm is pounding Northern California and headed <clears throat> for Southern Oregon, which is good because that's where all our forecasts are, helps keep fires down. Good. Hi, David. Hello, Nicole. Yes, you, you have your microphone back now. Good yeah. to see you. Yeah, good, to, good to be seen. Long time. Yeah. Um, 
Hurricane Andrew story. Yeah. So I had moved into the house where you and I are currently sitting, standing. Yes. Yeah. Um, in October of the previous year. And as you noted, Andrew was in August of 92. Two. Yes. I woke up that morning, looked at the TV, because again, as you noted, the internet wasn't... It wasn't here yet. It wasn't what it is now. I woke up, looked at the TV, that fucker was headed right to the front door of this house. Uh And my ex, who, as I've told you many times, was not exactly a rocket scientist, (laughs) said, oh, let's just stay here. And this was before we had Hurricane Glass and all the rest of that stuff. So I told her, hell no. You can stay, but the kid and the dogs are coming with me. <laughs> and um, we got in the car and drove to Orlando. Now, Orlando, which is usually a three-hour drive, took us six hours Ooh, to yeah. get there because of how many people Well, were... in Florida, there's basically one way out of the state. You go up the turnpike, or 95, but two, so two. Two roads north. 75. It's Se- also 75. There was back then? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. In 92? Sure. Anyway, so it took us six hours to get there. Um, and oddly enough, we wound up getting a hotel room because it was one of the few places that allowed pets that was next to, I can't remember, it was Orange County, Orange County Jail <laughs> or Florida Prison or something like that. But, you know, the barbed wire was visible from our room. But as you noted, right at the last minute, as soon as it hit the Bahamas, left turn. It took a left turn. It took a Thank left turn goodness. and yes. Homestead, yeah. where I had gotten the Labrador Retriever that I had at that time, who I've told you about, Otter, who who is still a legend to this very day. Um, their area got wiped out. It mm. looked like a bomb hit. Yeah. We went down there about a month or so later, and it still looked like a bomb hit. So that's my worst hurricane story. Other than that, when I was a kid, I can remember me and my buddies used to make money cleaning people's yards up after hurricanes because, you know, there we didn't get any really, really catastrophic. We, we didn't catastrophic have hurricanes, ones. really. We, we we were always threatened by them, but they never hit. Well, it no, was we, like we had hurricanes. I mean, well, I can remember. I Our house was significantly closer to the ocean yeah, than yours. Right. Yep. And I can remember the street in front of our house getting flooded and wondering if there were fish in there. Because there was an inlet off the intercoastal waterway um, that, you know, fed right down that street. Yeah. And so, well, but speaking, speaking of fish from a hurricane, I don't know if you saw this or not. I'm finding it. Um, I'm looking for it because I forgot to pull oh, it Ted earlier. Cruz thing? <laughs> so Ted Cruz. Oh, my God. We went through this once before. Right. Where after a bit, one of the big rains I think it was in L.A. where everyone was saying there was um, uh, there that there, now is it not? OK, here it must be here um, that there was a picture of a shark in the streets of it was either in the streets of Los Angeles or it was here. There was a shark in the streets after a big rain or a hurricane. Well, Ted Cruz fell for it. What an idiot he is. OK, so here here is on Twitter, um, I'm sorry, on uh, on Shitter. Um, you see, it's it's posted by Ted, reposted by Ted Cruz, somebody named Big Cat. Posts a picture. It's obviously a view out of a car window. And it says, um, 
Okay. Oh, it was after Puerto Rico. Okay. This photo originally appeared in 2011 after Hurricane Irene hit Puerto Rico. The hoax also made the rounds in 2015 after Texas was hit with heavy rains, in 2016 during Hurricane Matthew, and again in 2017 after Hurricane Harvey. No wonder I couldn't remember which one it was. So somebody, Big Cat, Barstool Big Cat on Shitter, posts, friend of mine out in L.A. just took this picture on the 405. And yes, all news and media outlets, you have permission to use this. Wild. And you see the picture of the shark right there um, next to the side view mirror of the car. And this was retweeted by Ted Cruz, who simply wrote, holy crap. Problem is, (laughs) just read to you, it's not real. Ted Cruz is that gullible? Is that much of of an ignoramus that, um, oh my God. Yeah, just please. Ted Cruz just needs to go home. You know, there's a a few other senators he can take with him, but go home. Anybody who who shares that photograph of the shark swimming down a flooded, what appears to be a flooded street, um, just stop it. Just stop it right now. Okay? Okay. All right. So there were a few things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, As we know, this is going to be a big week. So enough of the, unless you want to call in, if someone wants to call in and talk about your, your, um, uh, hurricane experience, feel free, 954-889-6410, or you can Skype to Nicole Sandler or anything else you want to talk about. That's fine. We don't have a guest today. Um, so the other thing, this Friday, this Friday is the deadline for Donald Trump and his 18 co-defendants in Georgia to surrender themselves to the Fulton County Jail, where they will be fingerprinted, mugshotted, um, booked, put behind bars. Yes, it includes some time behind bars until they go in and get arraigned. And then they're out on, um, uh, then they get bail and then they can leave. So there was a bail. uh, Where did I put this? Oh, here it is. So, um, here you go. Former President, the guy's bond in the Georgia election interference case has been set at $200,000. According to court documents, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Tamar Hollerman posted on social media. Trump and the other 18 were indicted last week on allegations they conspired to overturn the results of Georgia's 2020 election. The indictment alleges, well, you know what it alleges. So so Trump... Um, his bond is set for $200,000. Oh, they have it break, broken down as to each count and what the char- what the bond amount is for each count. So on count one, the violation of the RICO Act, it's $80,000. And for each of the other counts, it's $10,000 each. So it comes to $200,000. Oh, oh. Um, so now we're, the question is, so the judge had said at the, at the, at the, when the indictment was announced that, um, each, each defendant would be able to turn themselves in anytime between now and Friday, August 25th. And she, and she made a point of saying, 
The jail is open 24-7, so you can go anytime you want. So I'm sure some will or have gone in the dead of night where, and hopefully there's no, you know, I would think there are reporters staked out 24-7, but what do I know? And, um, but Trump now, I guess today, either he or one of his people said that he would not be surrendering himself before Thursday. I know there was some talk of that he would do it at the same time the other Republican hopefuls uh, were debating because he's skipping the debate on Wednesday night. Now, we do know that he, instead of being at the debate, will be heard in an interview with the fired Fox propagandist Tucker Carlson where I don't know because he's not on TV anymore, but wherever he um, posts his stuff, I guess. But that's already been recorded. Way to be current and topical. So it's at least four days old by the time it airs. But, you know, whatever. Whatever floats your boats, Tucker. Um, so who knows? I mean, who knows when when he goes. But uh, he will indeed go. And... um, um uh, okay, Spocko. You, yes. Hi, Spocko. You're on. Ah, yes, I'm whoa. calling on the topic of the instant. Trump and his what Glenn Kirscher is now calling his gag order. What? So um, they, they, he just put a, a post up. They're talking about what his violation of his pretrial conditions are okay. could be. Right. And there's a comment. Uh, there's a the, uh, the actual sheet where they talk about it um, is that he has these various different things besides, you know, having to revoke his bond. Let me just pull it up here. Um, there is uh, the ability to um, make it so that I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm lost. I'm, I'm just I got to find the right post here. Sorry. <laughs> I get it. I, I know I have these problems all the time. And I'm actually looking for something on the other computer because I'm going to play a clip that I found about the weigh in. But if I play it on this computer, you won't hear it. Okay, here, here I go. Okay, it. go right. ahead. Um, this is the uh, witness intimidation restrictions. Ooh. And it says that uh, the defendant shall perform no act to intimidate any person known to him or her to be a co-defendant or witness in this case or to otherwise obstruct the administration of justice. This shall include but not limited to the following. Defendant shall make no direct or indirect uh, threat of the nature against the co-defendant. Whoops. The de- <laughs> Uh, sorry. Sorry. I said whoops because oh, gonna, the so. defendant shall make no direct or indirect threat of any nature against any witness, including but not limited to the individuals designated in the indictment uh-huh. as an unindicted co-conspirator. Yeah. Individual one through individual 30. Uh, and the defendant shall make no direct or indirect threat to of any nature against any victim. And this is the one. um uh, the defendant shall make no direct or indirect threat of any nature against the community or property. And E, the above shall include, but are not limited to, posts on social media oh. or re, re or reposts of posts made by another individual oh. on social media. Oh. And uh, and I just put up, uh, I, I, I did a piece, I'm just working on a piece now, that uh, there was a, uh, a former federal prosecutor, Will mm-hmm. Rollins, mm-hmm. was talking to Brian Taylor Cohen, and he asked, well, what else can the judge do besides, you know, throw them in jail? 
And this was an interesting thing. He said the judge, besides saying that Trump can't post anything, a judge can also require that Trump's defense attorneys review every single post that he puts up and to certify that it doesn't have witness intimidation. Uh And that would be a really interesting thing to watch because that way it would put, again, the pressure on them and they could lose their bar card (laughs) if they did. So that's fascinating. Um, And he he also covered a bunch of the stuff that Lisa Graves talked about on that show, which we, we covered. So this is very interesting. And I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what happens if he violates these conditions. Oh, yeah. Well, already, even without, well, he's violated every every norm out there and, and rules that other defendants abide by. And if it were anybody else pulling the shit that he's pulled, he'd already be in jail. But you know what he's freaking out about, Spocko? What? The weigh-in. You know, there are bookies. <laughs> there are bookies taking bets. On the over under on Donald Trump's weight, because, you know, uh, he had his then uh, doctor lie. Remember, he was like perfect. He would. I don't remember what he said. He was like 185 or something. He was six, two and and it was but, six, three. So okay. he, he was like going uh, to th- 250, 250, 290, 300, 300. Who, do I got 300? Right? Yeah, but, it, but he was I, saying he was like two, whatever. It was obviously not real. Well, Well, you know, the Nicole Sandler show, we're very resourceful and we've got hidden microphones everywhere. (laughs) And we just happened to have one in Donald Trump's lair and we heard his secret thoughts about the weigh in. Listen. Have you heard what they're doing to your president in Georgia? One of the worst states we've ever seen. Started out as a nice state. Now it's sort of the worst state. They're making me do... And mugshot. And they're going to weigh me. They're going to weigh a president. <laughs> oh, I can tell you what my weight is right now. Yeah? Beast. Beast. Okay, they call it beast mode. Because beast when I last mode. went to my doctor, he looked at me and he said, Oh, beast. Oh, beast. And he said, Your weight categorizes <laughs> you as obese. And I said, Well, I'm a, you know, I am pretty sort of ferocious and tough. So I'll take beast. Uh-huh. I'll take beast mode. And they're going to weigh a president, and obviously the fake news and the radical left and the work, they're going to try and look at it and be like, oh, look at him, he's heavy. <laughs> well, I'm six foot four, barefoot, and muscle weighs more than fat. You know that if you hit the gym ever, but you don't. But no, muscle weighs more than fat, so when I have a lot of muscle on a six foot five frame, barefoot, it's going to be some weight. Okay, you ever see the show Reacher with a hard R on Amazon? I don't like to support Bezos, but I sort of, without my shirt on, I kind of look like the Reacher character, okay? And I bet you he doesn't weigh 215, okay? 215. And another thing, he weighs more than muscle. Depends, okay? So I'm wearing a very strong, full, adult underwear. <laughs> That's going to have some extra weight when the urine and the poop, it's going to create, you know, I said, when I, I remember the first time I went out with melatonin and she, we took off the pants and she saw me in that depends and said, oh my God, sir, you are packing. And I said, you're goddamn right. I'm packing. That's a full depends right there. I had 
two fish fillet <laughs> meals at McDonald's today, so you know it's full, and you know it's hanging low. So, whatever the weight is, two twenty-five, three hundred five. <laughs> A lot of muscle. A lot of muscle. Strong depends. Great president. Very big. <laughs> Want to know the that, that was J.L. Coven, everybody. He is our resident Donald Trump. And he's, boy, he's quick. There really is. There are bookies taking bets on the over-under on Trump's weight. Uh, Spock, Spook, 233 in the chat room says the over-under is 273.5 pounds. Um, I had also read that they have to take off his makeup. People, oh. they have to take off their makeup before Ooh. a mugshot. Now, does his orange stuff count as makeup or is that like, you know, something It depends. If, if it's, you know, um, from, from his tanning lamp. Uh, right. But I don't think the tanning lamp would turn you that unnatural shade of orange. No, no. I think That's, it's makeup. You just say in theater, pancake oh. makeup. So <laughs> I'm looking forward uh, to that. And uh, the other thing that I'm uh, looking forward to is finding out exactly uh, what the judges will do, not just the one in Georgia, but the other judges, when he continues making various different threats and one of the things that I brought up is like, so he does stuff on true social and the Georgia one now requires him not to, you know, do things on any true social. But what if he threatens the other people that uh, from the judge, uh, judge can, I'm wondering well, if, he already Devin is. Nunes, right. if Devin Nunes um, is letting stuff, will let stuff go by. You know, that will let Trump post it like there'll be no restrictions Who, on Devin him Nunes. posting. What does Devin Nunes have to do with anything? He's the head of Truth Social. Oh, 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 And oh, as the CEO, right. if he aids and abets Trump in his witness intimidation mode because he, you know, left up a threat to uh, Jeff Duncan. Right, um, right. That would be interesting uh, to see. So that that's the other thing I'm, I'm wanting because I, I really want other people besides uh, Trump to pay a price for continuing to allow this to happen. And that includes the social media companies. Mm -hmm. uh, look, anything can happen. This is all, you know, this is all uncharted territory. Now, I was going to spend some time today playing clips uh, from I th whenever it was. I don't know. Ali Velshi had on his show. It might have been. When, I don't know when it was. I, I, I lose track of time. It's the time space continuum. I'm sort of caught in. You would know about that, Spocko. But um, anyway, by uh, J. Michael Ludig, who is a judge, uh, notoriously conservative, very conservative mm -hmm. judge, and Lawrence Tribe, who is the constitutional professor, Harvard professor of the Constitution, notably, noticeably, uh, notably liberal. Uh, but these two got together and wrote an article in The Atlantic that was just published a couple days ago that I was going to read to you. I'm just not going to have time to get through the whole thing. The Constitution prohibits Trump from ever being president again. And in it and on Ali Velshi's show, they refer to another article in a journal, like a, you know, a scholarly journal of, you know, that judges read. Um, these are two of the most conservative minds here. Uh, legal scholars William Baud and Michael Stokes Paulson, they wrote this uh, paper called The Sweep and Force of Section 3, talking about Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And um, this is just published in this journal that's not consumer press, but it's enough that 
the that that Lawrence Tribe and um, and uh, Michael Ludwig refer to this and sort of dissect that the paper that those two wrote and and use it to explain that Donald Trump cannot legally um, run for office and certainly can't hold office again. And um, uh, I want to see if uh, uh, here Baud and this is from their article. They write about those two. Baud and Paulson are two of the most prominent conservative constitutional scholars in America. Mm -hmm. Both are affiliated with the Federalist Society, making it more difficult for them to be dismissed as partisans. And and basically the bottom line, they say, is that Donald Trump both engaged in quote, insurrection or rebellion, and gave, quote, aid or comfort to others engaging in such conduct within the original meaning of those terms as employed in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. If the public record is accurate, the case is not even close. He is no longer eligible to the office of the presidency or any other state or federal office, office covered by the Constitution. So, I like this. I, this is, and this is. I, I heard about the the Lawrence Tribe and and the Atlantic article with the with the other judge. Yes. And the thing that always happens with these, and I I, I always think it's interesting. We focus on this legal side, and then it gets into people's. Oh, yeah, but that won't. And yeah, but th- and they dismiss the. There's a political side of doing this. Yep. And talking about this in terms of changing the idea, like right now, it's now being n- not dismissed that Trump might actually have to serve time in jail pre-trial detention. But it took a long time to get to this point. And so these kinds of articles where they're starting to say, yes, he is legally not way. Then you have to fight the political side. And then you have to fight the part where people dismiss it and say, well, it's the court of public opinion. People don't know the Constitution. They just know what they hear on Fox. So each one of those types of things helps push the overturned window, as they say, over to the left that shows that facts and truth and the law all matter. So that's good to hear. Yes, it is. But here's the thing. So one of the questions was um, uh, Lawrence Tribe, uh, Velshi asked Lawrence Tribe, well, who is who is responsible for enforcement? Like, you know, so I get it. It's in the Constitution. It appears to be valid. Um, and you've got all these very conservative legal minds agreeing that the, the 14th Amendment, Section 3, I've got it right here. I've got my little pocket Constitution here, um, is... It is invoked here. And for those who don't know, here's what it says. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or having given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each House, remove such disability. Well, here, and and. Bear with me for a second because I have to bring it up on the other computer so so you can hear it, uh, Spocko. 
Um, give me one second. It's loading, 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 loading. I'm quick, but I'm not that fast. So, loading, loading, loading. Yes. Get so, so, all right. I got it. Loading. I got it. So um, Velshi asked Lawrence Tribe, well, then who enforces this? You know, you put your finger on it. The Constitution says a lot of things, but it takes people to honor it and to enforce it. Now, some people have made the mistake of thinking that the many charges against the current president represent the forum in which all of this will be decided. The 91 pending criminal charges in four separate indictments. But in fact, although those criminal prosecutions are terribly important, and it's vital that the president be held accountable and not get away scot-free, the disqualification clause operates all by itself. All by itself. Doesn't need anything. All of those prosecutions, important as they are, are beside the point when it comes to this clause. This clause says that no one who did what Donald J. Trump obviously did, and he doesn't really deny it. He plays games with what we call it, but he doesn't deny. Mm -hmm. In fact, he proclaims proudly that he thinks the electoral count should have been stopped. He still blames Vice President Pence for not overturning the election. Constitution itself says that he can't be president. Now, who enforces that? Well, in the first instance, it is the officials who decide whether his name can be put in nomination. Can he run as an official candidate in Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, Georgia, any other state? Usually it is the Secretary of State who must make that call, just as he or she must decide if the president is a natural-born citizen. You remember that Donald Trump said that nobody should allow Barack Obama to run for president because he was disqualified. In Kenya. Right. Trump didn't suggest that we need a lawsuit to settle that. No, he didn't. He just said he shouldn't be allowed to run. And therefore, Secretaries of State did let Barack Obama run. But when any Secretary of State decides either to put Donald Trump's name on the ballot for President of the United States in 2024, or to keep his name off the ballot, anyone withstanding to challenge that decision either way, anyone who is harmed by it, a competitor, a voter, will presumably take the Secretary of State to court and say, you did it wrong. This clause of the Constitution doesn't mean what it says, or it was repealed by the Amnesty Act of 1872. There are all kinds of strange arguments people have made in order to make that clause go away. Or they will say, you should have enforced it. You shouldn't have passed the buck. But whichever way Secretary of State goes, that case will go to court. And because the issue is so momentous, it will end up in the the Supreme Supreme Court Court. of the United States. That court, even though it has leaned in favor of Donald Trump on a number of occasions, has sometimes done its duty. Sometimes. In all of the cases that reached the court in 2020, the claim that the election was a big lie and that states should be allowed to do what the co-conspirators most recently charged in Georgia said that should be done, those people were ultimately 
turned back by the Supreme Court. All right. So I I, I got to tell you something. These two men were on the show. It, the, the segment is about 17 minutes long. Neither one of them gives a short answer. You can tell they're like they're <laughs> lawyers who are just filled with these long lawyerly explanations. But that was pretty informative, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. And but was this also the clause that they were trying to disqualify Marjorie Taylor Greene with? Probably. Is that a different one? No, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And she just kept going. I recall. recall. Right. But somebody, somebody. And look, this would have come down to uh, what's his name? The Georgia Secretary of State could have said, I'm not putting her name on the ballot because of Section three of uh, 14th Amendment of the Constitution. Marjorie Taylor Greene would have taken it to court. And but it, I I firmly believe she should not have been allowed to run again. Wow! So this could be something where all these various different states, you know, a couple of states, it's all it takes. call it out, and they would force the issue, of course, yep. which is yep. what we want, uh, rather than just like wait until uh, he gets, uh, <laughs> you know, elected. Yeah, because I got to tell you something. I, I even though it's such a long shot that he would, because I think. You know, uh, even his numbers amongst the Republican Party are falling. He still owns that party for whatever right. reason. It's as I said on Friday, it's the emperor's new clothes. All these people are afraid to say he's fucking naked. And oh, my God, did you see that body? Um, they're afraid to say it. So they're all just mm-hmm. backing him up for fear of being othered or something i don't know it's the no, Emperor's there's new there's legitimate fear and um i was listening to uh elon musk elmo oh, was threatening to get rid of the block fuck yes on i Twitter know last friday yes and i listened to a four-hour session with these various different people some of the you know uh, elon tech bros and they were like oh it's a great business decision and then there were several women and a couple of guys who said this is ridiculous it's yep. dangerous yep. people i've i've gone to uh people have come to my house i filed with the fbi to take down threats off of twitter because mm-hmm. these are you know issued a valid protection order yep. and it was just this kind of ridiculous disconnect between the guys who thought oh you just get a few flamers in your uh, section and the women who've been seriously threatened and blocked. I think of our friend uh, Rebecca Jones in terms of how they're not even following a lot of the things that they're said before, you know, Elmo's brought on, you know, neo-Nazis and Nazis onto the platform and welcoming back. And I just really, I'm still very concerned about the way that the threats and the violence we always keep the social medias going because they think it's, oh, more engagement versus it's breaking the law and it's disgusting and it's not necessarily morally reprehensible and the law that we know is very clear and that's what's happening right now we're saying here it's not free speech it is threatening a witness right right it is yeah quick update uh simon bird in the chat room thank you for doing producer's work here he writes the local judge in the marjorie taylor green case said the challengers quote Failed to prove she engaged in insurrection after taking office. See, here's the thing. She hasn't been tried. She was not even charged in the insurrection. So I can understand oh. that. she. Th- there's no legal proof that she did. But if she had been, uh, you know, on the scene, if she had been convicted like some of the 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 insurrectionists, I don't call them rioters because they weren't rioters. Right. They were insurrectionists. And if she had been like them on the grounds of the Capitol, 
then she could have been prevented from running for office. But I guess it comes down to the law. And there was no yeah. legal proof that she was an insurrectionist, even though we know she was. But Donald Trump, but- on the other hand, is um, uh, he's admitted as much. He still does. He admits it. He admits that he 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 believes that the that the election was not legitimate and therefore he believes it should be overturned and that he would do anything to get it overturned. The fact that he's trying to overturn the election shows that he's engaging in an insurrection. Right. Yep. Anyway, with that, we've Thanks. reached the end of the hour. Thank you, Spaco. Always good to talk to you. Good night. Bye. Um, all right. Tomorrow is Tuesday. Uh, it's that other Tuesday. So Laffy's not here. She's still recovering from. She's in California now. Doesn't it figure? Hurricane, earthquake. Um, um, what else is happening? Oh, and her boys who are still up in Canada now are smelling the smoke from the fires up there. I told you it's the end of the world as we know it. But we feel fine. Uh, anyway, so um, Swin, uh, Aswin Subasang, who is um, covering all things right wing for Rolling Stone magazine, will join us for a little while tomorrow. Will Bunch will be here Wednesday, Howie on Thursday, and um, who knows? We've got a debate in there. We've got Trump's weigh-in <laughs> mugshot to come. Oh, it's going to be a fun week. So come along. Have fun. Join me for the party, and hopefully tomorrow... Hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be live on Progressive Voices again. All right? I can only do what I can do. I'm trying. I'm trying here. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful night. Stay dry and um, stay out of uh, earthquake faults. Okay. Bye.